Good evening, everybody. This is Dr. Charles Modlin, and you've entered my exam room, my operating room, and pretty soon you're going to enter our concert hall for music and medicine. We have a really uh, interesting program this evening, and we're here live with you. Um, we have a very special musical guest, uh, Mr. Rob Hubbard from Hubs Groove, um, musician, educator, entertainer, recording artist, and we're going to bring him on very shortly. But I just wanted to introduce our topic for this evening. Um, this um, week, actually three days from now, uh, Thursday, April the 28th, we're going to hold our Metro Health Minority Men's Health Fair. And we've been working at Metro Health for literally the past eight months uh, preparing for this health fair. Uh, and we're going to talk about the upcoming Minority Men's Health Fair. And we're going to talk about why it's important. Uh, first of all, I wanted to emphasize to the listening audience that the Minority Men's Health Fair, we call it the Minority Men's Health Fair, it's actually open to all men, regardless of race or ethnicity, 18 years and older. And in fact, uh, some women will, will come and, and take advantage of some of the free preventative health screenings. But the reason we call it the Minority Men's Health Fair, the reason why we're specifically trying to reach out and engage men of color is because men of color are the group most often afflicted by a number of health inequities, healthcare disparities. And I'll just mention a few, and, and they're numerous, uh, high blood pressure. Um, the national average of individuals afflicted with hyper, hypertension, also known as high blood pressure, is about 20%. But in African-American males, it's about 40 to 45%. You can see that's a huge disparity. Higher rates of diabetes, higher rates, not only rates of, of heart disease and a variety of cancers, but higher death rates from these, these conditions are, are more uh, observed in, in especially men of color, African-American men. Kidney disease, the incidence of kidney disease, kidney failure, the need for kidney transplantation is, is, is markedly higher in uh, African-Americans, both females and males, as a result of high blood pressure and diabetes or the combination of both. So these are what we call health inequities or health disparities. I've actually dedicated my, my career over the past several decades to uh, addressing these healthcare disparities. I'm a urologist, I'm a kidney transplant surgeon. And I initially came became aware of this healthcare disparity crisis. That's what it is. It's a national crisis uh, that I, I think the entire nation needs to become aware of. Uh, I became of this, um, I became aware of this um, in, in studying and, and trying to understand why I was observing more minorities with a number of chronic conditions. And there was an initiative uh, set forth by President Bill Clinton. It was called Healthy People 2000. And that really just underscored a lot of the healthcare disparities that healthcare providers, healthcare institutions um, need to understand and actually address. And there are a number of contributing causes. Uh, to these healthcare disparities. And we're going to get into all of this. Uh, and again, our health fair is coming up this Thursday, April the 28th. It's going to be at the Metro Health Medical Center. We're going to actually have three simultaneous locations. So you can pick and choose, men out there, which location um, is your preference. We're going to be at our main campus, Metro Health. And, and we have the flyer right there. Thank you, Russell, for putting that uh, health fair flyer up there. You can actually pre-register you can use that QR code. We have a, um, a, a web link, um, www.metrohealth.org slash MMHF. That's the website. 
but quite frankly, most men will just walk in on the day of the event, and, and, and we welcome that. Um, we're going to be at our main campus on West 25th Street. That's 2500 Metro Health Drive. We're going to be specifically in our outpatient pavilion building. We're going to be at our Broadway Health Center location, 6835 Broadway Avenue. And we're going to be at our Cleveland Heights Medical Center location, which is 10 Severance Circle. That's literally right across the street from the Home Depot in Cleveland Heights. So we welcome you to come in. We have about 450 volunteers, Metro Health and outside volunteers. We have close to 100 outside exhibitors, organizations um, who will actually provide social services information uh, to the health fair attendees. So we've been working really hard. So we want the men to understand that the health fair is coming up, take advantage of it. It's uh, between the hours of 5 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. We're going to be doing comprehensive screenings from head to toe, drawing blood, we have every clinical specialty service, every department um, going to be present, providing health screenings, health examinations, head to toe. We're going to be educating the men about important health information that they need to know. So at, at this point, um, and also we, we invite the audience to um, send in questions to the chat line. We'll, we'll answer the questions to the best of our ability. I'd like to bring in our, my co-host, um, Mr. Jerome Brown. Are you, are you there? What's going on, buddy? Yeah, a, lot, a lot's going on. You know, uh, this is yeah, a busy right. week. This is a busy week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's chaos, man. Yeah, it a is chaos, but it's chaos. You know. But we've been looking forward to this. I, I hope I hope we get a thousand. I hope we get two thousand men or, or more. Um, but but again, we we have all these volunteers that are ready to serve the the, the men, giving of themselves, their time, their talents, their hearts. So we just need the men to turn out. Absolutely, and. and I'm going to push it all the way until then, man. I'm going to tell everybody I know. We're going to share it on all of our social networks. We're going to share this episode, and we're going to get the word out so that at the end of the day, health is wealth, man. And we have to be able to take care of our families. And the only way we can take care of our families is if we are healthy, strong men. So, you yeah. know, I'm all for it, man. You know, they, they say if you don't have health, you don't have anything, right? I mean, and that, that's true. Yes, that's correct. And unfortunately, a lot of times we don't realize that until we get a little bit older. Yeah. Um, initially, we're, you know, we're, we're out there, you know, pursuing other other um, avenues. Pursuing everything but health. <laughs> everything but health, you know. And I, I you know, I, I, uh, I'm a physician and I'm guilty uh, myself of not devoting enough time and, and dedicating enough time to my own health. Uh, but I've been very busy taking care of others to promote their health. So um, that's your excuse, you know? <laughs> yeah. That, that, well, that's, that's my excuse. Um, but uh, here on out, I'm going to, um, you know, focus more time. And, and the other thing is, you know, we've always, you know, physicians and, and healthcare providers, a lot of times we talk about health and we're always thinking about physical uh, infirmity, physical health and wellness, but yeah. we also have to focus on, on the mind, you know, the, the mental health, the, the spiritual health, the emotional health that that's, you know, again, if you don't have a, a you know, a, a solid mental health foundation, again, that yeah. can snowball in, into physical infirmity as well. Absolutely. And then in, in you guys' field, your mental health is key, man, to be able to push through all those hours and to be able to do good quality work and to care when you do the work, you know, not just be robotic, but actually care, you know, it's, it's better health. I mean, you know, it's just better for everybody. I, I can tell some stories. And back in the old days, we uh, 
sometimes we would have to log about 140 hours a week. Uh, sometimes I would, yeah, I'd go into the hospital on Monday, leave on Fridays, and, and it, it was crazy. So yeah, yeah. But you know, so we, we to all our health workers. You know, we appreciate, yeah. <laughs> appreciate you guys. Uh, you've done a heck of a job through the pandemic, and uh, they, I mean, look at the results of it. You know, so yeah. we appreciate you guys really. And and the research scientists who you know, work night and day to develop the vaccines. And again, that, that's, um, you know, the, the science was built upon generation after generation of discovery and, and, and investigation, ha having uh, inquisitive minds. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, you know, each generation builds upon, you know, the, the previous generation as far as the knowledge base. And, but, but actually I just wanted to say, so we have a remarkable uh, show. We have a special guest, Mr. Ron Hubbard. Is he, uh, is he in the concert hall yet? Mr. Hubbard. Oh yeah. Oh, there, hey. there he is. There he is. There he is. <laughs> What's up, hey, 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 hey. What's happening? I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we're, we're we're really proud to have you. And and you know, Jerome and I and and, and others, um, you know, part of the Kayhawk uh, Two group. We've always we we've, we've all had the pleasure of seeing you perform live. So, but uh, you're going to bless our audience with with some of your artistry um, this evening. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, we, we were just, um, yeah, Rob, we were just, you know, German and I were just talking about how the minority men's health fair is coming up at, at Metro Health. You know, April is minority health month. April is a time. And again, it, it's it's not just April, but but April, we, we, we pay particular attention um, to the the health concerns of specifically minority populations. Again, this is something that we do year round, but there, there's national attention on, on minority health care disparities during the month of April. Okay. And we, we talked about how men of color especially suffer disproportionately in terms of higher incidence of health disparities. I, I mentioned a number of disease states, but I, I, I didn't mention the fact that these health care disparities, uh, you know, contribute to the fact that African-American men, black men, on average, have about a four to six year shorter life expectancy compared to their white male counterparts. That's and horrible. that's horrible. It, it's horrible. And the thing is, we don't have to accept, you know, those startling statistics. Um, you know, th these healthcare care disparities are, are devastating. These chronic disease states, you know, one uh, condition can oftentimes lead to another. I mean, untreated high blood pressure, diabetes uh, can lead to heart disease, congestive heart failure, heart attack, stroke, uh, peripheral vascular disease. A number of conditions that men, you know, a lot of times come to see me as a urologist, they don't want to talk about in public, um, kidney disease, kidney failure. So one of the um, reasons why black men, you know, in the, for example, in the case of prostate cancer, yes, black men develop and die from prostate cancer twice as often as white men. And the important point I always try to make is prostate cancer is potentially 100% curable. If we as urologists can detect it in early stages before it spreads outside of the confines of the prostate. And nowadays, and, and a lot of times men are afraid to go to the doctor because they hear about this quote unquote horrible prostate exam, digital right. rectal exam. Yes. Um, I, I've actually had the exam. It's really not that bad, but, right. but nowadays actually a lot of times we don't even have to do that exam. Yeah. It, it, it's with a blood test. Uh, it's called PSA, prostate specific antigen. And the other fallacy that a lot of men, um, a lot of the mistake a lot of men make, they, they, they think that they have to have signs or symptoms or pain or discomfort 
to have prostate cancer, to have colorectal cancer, and that's, that's not true. Most cases of prostate cancer are diagnosed uh, when the man actually has zero, no symptoms. Sometimes, you know, they may present with some voiding difficulty, getting up at night, frequency, slow urinary stream, things like that. But, um, but again, don't be fooled. I mean, a lot of these, a, a lot of these disease states can exist um, and they can actually uh, worsen significantly to sometimes where we can't really treat them or, or cure them. So, you know, I, I would just like to implore that all men come to the Minority Men's Health Fair this Thursday, April the 28th. Uh, it, it's, um, it's for your benefit. Uh, 5 p.m. until 8.30 p.m. I mentioned the three Metro Health locations. It's all free, free parking, examinations from head to toe. And I'm not trying to scare anybody, but every year that we do the health fair, we actually wind up saving lives. I'll put it that way because that, that, that's the way it is. I mean, that, that's all of these healthcare providers are coming together to save lives. Yeah. Um, every year we do the health fair, we find numerous cases of prost previously un undiagnosed, unrecognized prostate cancer diabetes, hypertension, kidney disease. I remember one year we found 48 cases of previously undiagnosed hepatitis C. Jesus. And, and we know untreated that can lead to liver disease, liver failure, death. It's contagious. So, Jesus. Um, so please come to the health fair. So please. what, what are your right. thoughts uh, about uh, the health fair and, and men's health, uh, I, I, I think I think is is very important and imperative that they get there, um, especially the guys who don't like to just go to the doctor. Uh, I think this would be a uh, a great move. Um, I don't know what it is with us as African American men and going to the doctor. I'm not sure what's the cause why why we uh, dread it so much. Uh, I was the kind. I was the same way. Well. I was the same way, but I had this wife who wasn't that. She wasn't <laughs> buying it. She wasn't buying it, and uh, uh, she made sure uh, that I made all my appointments. Uh, now, did I read all my charts? Was I on it on top of everything? No, but she made sure. Uh, one reason she made sure on, if I may share, on both sides of my family, we have all the things you just named. High blood pressure, right. diabetes. Both sides of my family had cancer. So once my once I got married, my wife found all this out. She was like, "Oh man, what, what did I marry into?" You know. So uh, so we we was doing okay, but what uh, elevated and magnified it more was my younger brother, who's younger than I. Uh, got diagnosed with prostate cancer hmm. and he wasn't even, he was, he was 39, get ready to turn 40. Wow. And uh, now he had some symptoms and that's what made him go in just to go get these symptoms checked out. But he never thought it was prostate cancer. Yeah. yeah. So he went in and once they diagnosed him, of course, the, his, his doctor and you all just was like, so you have an older brother? You mean to say it skipped your older brother and got to you first? So immediately, oh. um, I, I was with the Metro Health Systems. They <laughs> treated me like I had it. I had to start going through all these blood screens. I had did my um, the uncomfortable 
uh, uh, prostate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He you dipped know. his head down, dog. He said, <laughs> yeah, hey, just, "Hey, listen, some some guys can handle a little better than others." Uh, <laughs> you know. but, it, but, it, but it took about th three seconds probably yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> me and my yeah. wife laugh about it because i said yeah. the way the doctor did he he just was talking and he said something to get catch my attention he's like so he said uh so so musicians y'all make some money y'all make money <laughs> and so he, i was like yeah before i could get the rest of it out yeah <laughs> finish the whole the whole yeah. thing he's like all right I said, oh, he used that to get my mind. So I'll be focusing on what I was, you know. On the money. Yeah, you focusing on the money. <laughs> right, just focusing on the money. And so, but I had take, took that test. Everything checked out normal. And, but they just, after my brother, they just went in. And I, I you know, I'm not a needle kind of guy either. I'm the big teddy bear that don't like mm -hmm. needles. So uh, I'm I, not saying I became, I, I'm not saying that I'm used to needles now. I'm just saying it doesn't bother me as much because I was getting poked, poked, you know, because they were just testing me. I'm like, well, your brother got it. You got it. So then I had to go get the colonoscopy. Yeah. I had to get all those tests. And then it was certain things they, they didn't like looking there. It, I mean, I went through it all. Yeah. And so that first little, right after he was diagnosed, that first couple of years was like stringing tests on me. Yeah. Nothing Everything checked out A-OK -okay, um, until uh, 2020, yeah, 2020. I think it is, oh, not, I think it was 19 when I took the blood, the last lab test uh, uh, to check. And so uh, my labs came back and my wife is all, now I don't look at my chart. Yeah, <laughs> I wish you wouldn't look at because I be trying to lie about my weight. Daughter's like, yeah, I lost weight. She's like, you don't look like you lost weight to me. You say, well, I know I'll find out. She'll go in my my chart. My chart is a beautiful thing. Uh, whoever thought of it, uh, created it, I appreciate them because most men we don't care about that. We just go, I went, and that's it, you know. Uh, but my chart was able to. So my wife had my password. She had. She actually set everything up. Because I had it, but I never set it up. So she would go in because she was like, he said he lost weight. He looked like he gained weight. And she'd go and see how much I weigh. Like, you you, you did gain some weight. Okay. So I got to explain to everybody what the my chart is. My yeah. chart is your history electronically. I guess that's the best way for me to explain it. So they have where you can go online and you can check your blood work. Your, all your labs, what the doctor said. You can also converse back and forth, conversate. Send uh, messages, yeah. Back and forth from your doctor. Um, and it's an app on your phone. And schedule appointments also. It's your appointments, all that, yeah. all on your phone. <clears throat> and it was just great to, you know, I was like, once I got yeah. used to it, it's, it was, <clears throat> and what my wife would do is make sure she would push me to start talking to my doctor. Yeah. And saying, hey, you know, it's time to re-up on some medication. Um, let me slide back because let me just go back a little bit. So doing all that testing, that's when I found out I had diabetes. Oh. I just thought I was going, uh, I was getting older and my eyesight was just going. Yeah. And so um, it, what caught me with my diabetes was I was going to the restroom. I mean, I, I just went and then 
we'll just drive down the street. I'm like, babe, we got to pull over there. She's like, we just, you just left the house. I'm like, I got to pull over there. She's like, and it went on for about like a couple of weeks that I couldn't go with, you know, a few minutes when I'm going to the restroom. Yeah. My levels was high. The fortunate thing was, uh, they, they they got on it and they got me some medicine and I was able to come right down and I was able to control it. And so I just got on the pills. Now I'm still my goal is to get off all that. And then I'll, on top of that, then a little bit after that, then I found out I had high blood pressure, you know. And I was like, oh man. Trifecta. Yeah. yeah. So you take this pill, then this pill, then this knock this up. And I was like, so I was dealing, I've been dealing with that for say that happened probably. 2015. Then we slide up to 2019. Uh, my levels, my PSA levels jumped, not moved slowly, but jumped. And my wife was looking at my mind chart and she looked and said, hold on. These numbers jump. So she <laughs> went on in there said, can you do a little bit? You know, holler at my doctor like, hey, this is this normal? And they was trying to let it know, yeah, it is going to move because he's getting older. She said, but this jump. And so my 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 primary care wasn't so concerned, but then mm. did speak to my urologist. And then they said, well, let's listen, this this it's gonna get you tested. And I had to go do a biopsy. And I did a biopsy in 2020. Um, that was the scariest thing in my life because um, they <laughs> kept me in the room, uh, in the, the back room. Um, just waiting on someone to tell me the results because they yeah. did this time my first time they did a 12, I think a 12 sample of my prostate. And I sat back there for a good 30 minutes because uh my urologist was making her rounds. And uh so she finally got to me. And because I had talked to her other guy earlier, uh, her uh, somebody who's uh, I guess understudy or whatever, mm -hmm. talked to him earlier, and you know, he just was asking questions and talking. I'm like, okay, are right, you gonna give me the results? And this before they had started putting the results into my chart. So I had to actually go in yeah. and this conversation. So I sat there and then she finally came in and she read and explained everything. Everything was okay. This is 2020 now. This is hmm. 12 samples. So this has had to be around February. I think my wife said we was looking at it around February. And so I'm rejoicing. I'm happy. I don't have to take my next PSA, PSA test till about uh, August or September or whatever. So I take my next one. That one came back. That jumped from the, the last one. And that's when she's like, oh, no, 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 no. She's like, no. She's like, she got all the gear, got in there and start typing away. And my geologist uh, actually had me come in. She said, I, I Pretty much, we checked out everything. You, you seem to be okay, but she said, "Because mm, your wife is concerned, and it did jump. We, let's make sure we crossed all our T's and dotted all our I's." I'm a, mm -hmm. Then she ordered an MRI for it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so I had to go and do that MRI. That MRI, uh, you know, you got to go. I'm a big guy, so you had to go in there, and the way they had my arms, it was it was very uncomfortable for like 45 yeah. minutes because I'm in this. This thing they didn't make them for big guys like me. <laughs> so I'm in there. Uh, we go through it, and so uh, test results come back. They say, "Hey, we saw two suspicious spots." 
we're going to order another biopsy. And I'm like, oh, not another one. You know, I think to me, I, everything I went through, the biopsy is the hardest part for me. Okay. So they ordered this one this time instead of 12, they took 24 to 26 samples of my prostate. And that's how we found out I had prostate cancer. They ordered this one this time instead of 12, they took 24 to 26 samples okay. of my prostate. Okay, I thought that was my, my phone. So um, when I did that, um, uh, this time in my, my chart, it came back, to, the results came back in my, my chart. My wife saw them before me. I was like, well, I'm gonna wait till I talk to the doctor and see what the doctor says. Doctor came back, confirmed what she was saying. I had prostate cancer and I uh, had to make some decisions. And uh, I was already leaning to, you know, they gave me the different options. I was already leaning to the, the prostate removal. And um, after meeting with Dr. Mottman um, and talking to him, and uh, he, he gave me the nod. He felt, hey, that's a good decision. And then I moved on with that. And I'm glad I did. But let me step back. I now, not step back, but now I'm making sure I'm telling young men, African-American men, go to the health fair, get checked out. I'm go. telling these guys, don't let, you know, some doctors are not um, <laughs> up on African-American um, what we, what, what, what it entails on, on our health as far as yeah. 40 should be the new number to go start getting checked out. Um, Absolutely. Your, your, your history, know some of your, your history with your mama, your grandmama, and your, your folks have so you know what to do. Um, so daily, when I'm saying daily, if I see a young man, we have a conversation, I'm, not, I'm the kind of guy, I'm the one out of 10 African-American males would tell you I had prostate cancer and I was able to catch it earlier and get it taken care of. And so I, you're, yeah, you're a healthcare provider. Is that what that is? You're, 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 you're a healthcare provider because you're educating other people. You're, you're saving lives by telling them that. Absolutely. I'm trying my best. Hey, I'm serious at my job. Yeah. I, today, I just got to talk to a guy. He's like, oh, really? I said, yeah, man. I see you, what I found out in um, just having the conversation. It's another doctor. I can't think of his name, but he knows you, Dr. Miley. But he was sharing the same thing. You don't have to go through the old traditional way of getting tested. Now you can just take the, the lab work and then check, check, check your uh, prostate that way. And he was like, yeah, okay, well, I might try. I said, yeah, try that. I said, I know everybody, most men, we all, like, we hear this horror story for some guys. Some guys, it don't bother. But a lot of us, it, it, it does. It bothers us to know we got to go through this whole uh, procedure. <laughs> it was well, we're, we're glad that your wife was persistent, that she yeah. was on it, that yeah. uh, you followed through. You're, you're here now. You're doing well. Um, yes, so we wanted to actually share some, some of your craft with the listening okay. audience. Um, okay. and, and again, your testimony, I really appreciate your testimonial. You talked about diabetes, hypertension, prostate cancer, the screening and I mean, very, we really appreciate your, your testimony and, and your transparency and your willingness to share. Um, but, but what can you share with us um, about your music? Well, I've been doing this for about 40 something years now, even though I'm only 39. <laughs> 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 and so uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's afforded me the opportunity to travel the whole world, tour, 
uh, I toured before my kids was born, and 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 my my younger kids, I should say, was born, and so uh, I'm just blessed. I'm, I, I, I lived here all my life. I made it out of Cleveland, toured with a lot of people, played for a lot of people, and I have my own group called Hub Screw. Um, the name Hub Screw has been in, in existence since uh, 20, 20, 2006. Oh. Um, we started pushing Hub Screw, have had a lot of great musicians come through. The group that you're going to see today was my previous group right before this new group I just put together. This group still is one of my four favorite groups. Um, and this headlining vocalist, uh, Stacy Sarah Girl, Girl Richardson, she's an artist and she's on this clip. And we took this right at the beginning, uh, the earliest, not the beginning, but the earliest stages of. Uh, the pandemic. Um, I, I learned how to start doing some videoing and audio, and I, I went in, a, I rented a room, and we went in and tried to give people some, some, some joy going through this whole. Because it was just like it, we thought it was going to last a few weeks, you know. Oh yeah, it's be over in a month or something. Or remember how our former president would say, "Oh, by Easter it'll be all gone away." <laughs> so it didn't go away. So I uh, put this together and we recorded this and shared it on Facebook, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. I'm not sure which clip. It might be a Lovely Day or Angel, but uh, it's myself, George Granville, who's the Minister of Music at the Word Church, uh, Jonathan Jones, who's currently on tour with one of the cruise lines. He's been on there all year, uh, Sarah's Girl, and Matt Horowitz uh, on saxophone. Okay. All right, so we'll ask uh, Russell if he can pull it up. Um, just get on out of here, so let's go. That's where I was at, too. Okay, well, this is in the spirit. I mean, hey, Joy started playing it. We got to do it now. This is going out to all these beautiful ladies out there. Even <laughs> you sitting there on the couch all by yourself tonight, we're dedicating this song to you. <laughs> Just hold on. The angel is coming your way. Just hold on. Just hold on. Three, I would, I would do some poetry. I'll do something like this. Your eyes, yeah, them, their eyes. So beautiful that it takes me high to the sky. Your eyes, them, their, your eyes, are simply my angel. It hypnotized. That's my ride. Your eyes, them there, your eyes. It's my angel, so it summarize them there, your eyes. I forgot I did all that. Don't plagiarize them there, those eyes. But contemporize, <laughs> philosophize. <laughs> 
I don't know what that would be, but because it hypnotized. And uh, what he just said. <laughs> so now we're going to fantasize about your eyes because you've been that angel in them, their eyes. High in the sky, sky, sky. I hope you're editing this. <laughs>
outstanding. I just whoa, yeah, it's just powerful. Whoa, powerful. Yeah, you should so be. Like, uh, <laughs> that's how you're doing it, huh? We try to have a little fun. We try to have a little fun. You know, when I, when I was in high school, I had a choice to either pursue a career in, in music or medicine. Now I'm wondering. Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> I could be having all that fun, you know, traveling the world with those musicians. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no, again, I, I you know, we, we, we all have an appreciation you know, whenever I was studying in school, even now, um, I always have music playing. Even in the operating room, we, we have music playing. It actually, some people say, well, does that distract you? No, it actually intensifies my, my concentration, my focus. Okay. Wow. And, and they do say music is medicine also. Um, so that, that's, that's why we established this format. Yes. That's a fact. You yeah, know, it is. It is. therapeutic for sure. It is. You know. see, uh, this is what I want everybody to understand. If we're going to change this thing, we got to really be serious about it. Uh, we have to double down on these issues instead of just saying them. We have to come back around and say them again and start to have this as a part of our culture. Um, we don't have health discussions as a part of our culture. Uh, that's very important. Just as you you uh, discuss your finances at the table with your, your family, you have to discuss your health with the family also. So uh, let's get this going, gentlemen. I, I think we can do it. I know we can do it. It's not even a thing. So, and, and you brought up something very important. Um, and it may seem intuitive that most healthcare providers would be aware of this healthcare disparity crisis, the fact that minorities and underserved you know, populations uh, are disadvantaged, have a higher incidence of chronic disease states, lower life expectancy. Um, it, it would seem intuitive, but that's not the case. And so we, we have to constantly not only be educating the community, but also our healthcare provider colleagues. And again, it's not enough just to, I mean, the first step is to recognize it, like you just said, but we actually have to do something. We have to come up with more innovative, creative ways in, in which to engage these, these populations at, at greatest risk. And, and that's going to involve um basically developing better trusting relationships between healthcare providers, doctors, nurses, the healthcare system, and minority populations. And again, we've all heard about the various reasons why a lot of, you know, men of color, people of color, uh, distrust doctors and hospitals. Tuskegee, I hate to keep bringing that up, but we have to because it still lives fresh in the minds of individuals. So we have to let the community understand that we know where they are. We understand their fears, their, their reservations about going to the doctor. Uh, we have to let them know that we're here for them. We're on your side. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm reading some articles. Um, I'm always trying to educate myself. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, doctors biases mean black men. Doctors biases mean black men don't get the same treatment in healthcare. Mm. Um, so there, there are a lot of implicit biases. I mean, things that maybe healthcare providers don't even know that they're being biased about, you know, negative stereotypes. I mean, there, there's the perception, uh, out there. And again, I, I get a lot of the feedback from the patients. I see that a lot of perceptions that men, especially black men don't care about their health. And, and again, that couldn't be furthest from the truth. Um, 
a lot of black men have felt disengaged, disenfranchised. And I, I hear people, you know, some, some men of color say, well, why should I go get a health check? Nobody cares whether I live or die. Mm. Um, our, our tagline, it's, it's not just a tagline. It's actually how we feel at Metro Health. You matter. It, it's our responsibility, the older generation, to especially let, you know, men of color, all men, especially our young boys, our adolescents, know that they matter. We need to change their their mindset. Um, they're, 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 they matter to their families. They matter to their communities, to society. And until we change that negative mindset, it's going to be very difficult to, you know, see a lot of movement. But but I, I'm happy to say, you know, since we've been doing this minority men's health fair, health fair since 2003, it's now at the Metro Health Medical Center, we are seeing a lot of men coming to the table um, voluntarily. And again, a lot of it, we have to thank the women out there. It's a lot of the women out there, like, like you said, uh, Rob, are the ones making uh, the decisions. I always tell the women, you know, put your man, your husband, your boyfriend, your, your, you know, your spouse, your uncle, your grandfather, your son, put them in the car and just drive to the health fair. Don't even tell them where you're going. <laughs> you know, just drop them off. I'll see you back in a couple hours. You know, we're going to the zoo. Let's go to the yeah. zoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. How about you? Give them um, $20. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, again, it's all free. And, and I just wanted to quickly, and again, that, that, that music has me psyched here. You know, uh, <laughs> I want to just quickly, so... So the men, you can just you can just show up on the day of the event, April the 28th, Thursday, 5 p.m. at Broadway, Main Campus, Cleveland Heights. You're, you're going to walk in the door. You're going to be greeted, um, wel welcoming um, reception by a lot of volunteers. You're going to register. It takes about 30 seconds to register. Then we're going to usher you into the health fair. You can actually pick and choose what type of screenings that you want. We're going to actually assist you in terms of deciding what we think would be most important uh, for you, to, to, you know, depending on your age, um, what your personal medical history is, your family medical history. And, and Rob, you really educated the audience. I mean, you talked about yes, the importance sir. of knowing one's, you know, personal and, and family medical history. A lot of people um, don't realize how important that is. Um, you know, one thing I, I have to say is just because um, somebody actually in your family has a certain condition doesn't necessarily mean that you yourself will acquire that condition. However, you are at an increased risk for, for doing so. So we're going to draw blood. We're going to be checking for your, your PSA, your, um, and again, Rob, I mean, you know, you're a healthcare provider. You mentioned that men should start at age 40, black men. Um, and that's a national recommendation. White men, however, unless they have a strong family history, don't have to start until the age of 55. 15 year differential based on the risk factors, uh, the incidence of, of disease. So, and I mentioned that a lot of black men are dying disproportionately from prostate cancer because of delayed presentation, not only prostate cancer, colorectal cancer, lung cancer. Um, you got to get in, you got to undergo the, the preventative health screenings um, to detect this, these conditions in early stages. So we're screening for prostate cancer. We're going to draw that hemoglobin A1C. It's a very sensitive test for diabetes. We're going to check your cholesterol. We're going to check your vitamin D level. Low vitamin D levels have been associated with an increased incidence of a variety of types of cancers, um, as, as well as heart disease. Um, we're going to be um, checking for hepatitis C. If you select hepatitis C, 
If you want to get checked for HIV, we're going to be checking for that. We're going to be offering COVID vaccinations. And then again, like I said, we have every medical specialist from head to toe, um, you know, checking you out, evaluating you, providing you health information. We're going to provide opportunities for you to schedule a follow-up appointment with us. If you have a current doctor, if you're happy with them, of course, stay with them. We're not trying to take you away from your doctor. Even if you have a doctor, there's still there are still advantages for you to come to this health fair. Uh, we're doing a lot of extra testing that maybe you haven't had. Maybe your, your doctor hasn't uh, done all these things. We're doing all these things in a three-hour period, three-and-a-half-hour period. I always say if you tried to schedule all these, these evaluations, um, consultations, you would actually, it would probably take you about three years to do so and, and, and literally thousands and thousands of dollars. We're doing all this for free. That's sweet. So come to the health fair. That's sweet. Um, and again, you said it, you know, best, uh, Rob, you said it great, uh, Jerome. Uh, I don't even need to be here. On the, You guys could have run the program without me <laughs> um, tonight. Um, but what, what, are, what are your additional thoughts? Uh, I have a Jerome? couple questions for you yeah. because this is what's going on. Yeah. Speaking from the average person, uh, when they always hear this, they always hear the word prostate, all right? Mm -hmm. But no one knows what a prostate is. Oh, yeah. So, Doc, can you tell us exactly what a prostate is? Yeah. So it's a um, it's a little gland that actually, of course, it, it's just in men. And it's um, about the size, the normal size prostate. It really depends on your age, but it's about the size of a walnut, like a walnut. As you get as you get older, it enlarges its um, its growth is influenced by the male hormone testosterone. And it's uh, it sits right on top of the rectum uh, below the bladder, the urethra, the two where the where the bladder empties out through runs right through the center of the prostate. And it its function is to uh, provide secretions uh, for the male ejaculate. Uh, that, that's its function. Uh, but there can be non-cancerous um, conditions of the, of the prostate. We call it benign prostatic hyperplasia, where as you get older, it, it, it enlarges, it, it puts pressure on that urine tube, the urethra. It makes it more difficult for the urine to empty out from the bladder. Um, it can cause urinary retention where, where you can't urinate at all. It can put pressure back up on the kidneys, cause uh, kidney failure in advanced stages, cause bladder stones, kidney stones, in infections. So... I always say, and then of course we have prostate cancer. You can get prostate infections as well, prostatitis. I always say every man needs a urologist in addition to a primary care provider. Um, urologists were medical and surgical subspecialists. We we specialize. Uh, we we treat women also, but we specialize in 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 men's health and in the men's uh, re reproductive system and external genitalia. So um, every man needs a urologist in addition to a primary care doctor. And again, we need to start educating our young men about this. And, and that's important. I mean, that was a great question, an important question. Uh, we as healthcare providers, a lot of times when we talk about the prostate, we automatically assume that everybody knows what it is. So yeah. Nobody knows what it is. Nobody knows. Yeah. You know, nobody knows. All the time, but everybody, yeah. young black Americans, like, what is a prostate? They talking about, you got to yeah. put this in this. And yeah. what is that? You know, right. so they say, Hecky, no, I don't want my prostate touched. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I can admit, I, I didn't know what it was until I was in medical school. So Exactly. exactly. It's not something that you don't hear it on, on TV every day. No, but it's a common problem that we should know what that is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that information has, 
up until this day, right now, I did not know exactly what that was. And I'm mm. 45 years old. Yeah. You understand? So that's mm. how much miseducation we get. Even me, a guy that is friends with a doctor, yeah. just now finding out, you know, so I should have been asked you that question, but mm. it was a, I guess it was the perfect time to ask you was today. No, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, Rob, I have one question for you. Okay. What was the most difficult part for you? Uh, two, two things. Two, uh, like I said, uh, uh, when they say you had to, uh, I can't even think of the word now. I went ahead to take a biopsy. Yeah. So biopsy, you have to uh, get all the stuff out a certain way. And I don't want to get into it, but it's a it's a code that all the men who went through what I went through or had a bias that we all know what we're talking about. And it's a it's a that that whole it's not it doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. It's just a mental, I think a more mental thing of the biopsy is more mental than anything. The other thing was um for me. So after you have I had a, a prostate removal, so after that I had to have a, a catheter. Okay. Some people had it before in other ways, but that I think that was the hardest part for me. So, uh, with my my urologist, he wanted to keep it in uh, two weeks. Okay, and so we had to keep it in an extra week because it still hadn't uh, sealed all the way through. Was, they did a test, and that was weird. They did a test, you know, just like how you uh, put some dye in the an antifreeze or whatever, yeah. just leaking or whatever. They did that kind of test. Right. So I didn't pass the test. I knew so, you were like, oh Lord. <laughs> I was like, so so here I am. So I had I hadn't bought a PS3 in years. So I, I talked to my uh, uh my son. <laughs> he stayed up at Walmart all night. I gave him the money and he got me a PS3, a PS4. It's, no, it's the five out now, right? That's the no. five, right? I don't even know. I don't know you. <laughs> I bought one of them. And I only kept it for about two weeks because I had to go on an extra week. I said, I need something to occupy my mind because this thing about to drive me crazy. I think those were the two hardest situations for me. Uh, the surgery itself, uh, once you go in, come out, I think when I came to, I had, oh, I, and it's just very, I don't think anybody, every, everybody has this situation. I had a Charlie yours coming too. Yeah. It's just my, how they have your legs set. So, yeah. uh, you can go on YouTube and look at it because I didn't know how they had my legs set because the anesthesia kicked on before I left my, my room. I you thought I was going to go to the, get in the actual surgery room when they put it in, but they, they hit, 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 hit me with that thing. I was going through the hallway. Yeah. Oh, actually, you was gone already. So <laughs> next thing I know I was coming too. And um, I had a Charlie horse. But, um, you know, it just, you know, and then and learning how to, uh, Hold your water. Right. I think that was the one of the most difficult. And I'm, you know, it, it's an ongoing. From what I talk to other guys, it's an ongoing. It's <clears throat> don't rush it. It'll come. Just take your time. You know. Right. And, uh, so it's almost you. You become a little baby in, in that standpoint because right. you have no control. Like that first time, once they take the catheter out, yeah, and we don't. Oh man, <laughs> it's like, like it's going on. And you say stop. They say. Stop for what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, those kind of things, uh, you know, 
but overall, I, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, and that's why I can talk about it. I, uh, and I can share his name because he, he's an advocate for it. Uh, Dr. McMickle, yeah. pastor at Antioch. <clears throat> uh, he called me directly and it touched me. I was like, Dr. McMickle? Because he heard I, I was getting ready to go into surgery. So he just wanted to talk to me just to calm me down and yeah. let, let, let me know I made the right decision. Um, and, uh, you know, he just said, hey, and he had a buddy. I, I, I don't have a right to say his name, but he's a big time attorney in Cleveland that we all know and love at one time. And he had went through it. And so when Dr. McMickle had found out he had it, this attorney called him and said, now, if there's a cancer you want to catch, this is the cancer you want to have. He said, the doctor seemed like they got this on lock. And so he said the same thing that was told to him. He told it to me. He said, they pretty much have this on lock. Um, they know what they're doing with the prostate cancer. And you caught it early, so you're going to be okay. It's a process. Just yeah. go through the process, but you'll be okay. And so guys like that, and like I said, once I started sharing my story, it blew me away how many guys that went through this. But like, like I'm, like I said, I'm a, a rare kind of guy. I'm very vocal about it because I said, I, I think like this: a lot of guys are like me, and they're not looking at their march my charts. A lot of guys are like me. If I didn't have my wife, I said, would I really be going to the doctor like this? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I said, okay. I gotta tell people, and so all just about all my gigs, they gonna hear either at the beginning, in the middle, or at the end. They gonna hear about, hey, Hub had prostate cancer, and his wife did this and this. And men, go get checked out. Yeah, quit being selfish. Quit being, you know, we men. Oh, it ain't bothering me. Why I'm bothering it? You know? I think the I think the men are scared. Yeah. yeah. I got a buddy. Eva, they don't want to know. They don't want to know that something's wrong. With them. He just rather just. I said so. I said you got great grandbabies now, bro. He's like, man, they be all right. We all be all. Right. I said, bro, if you catch it early, you can be all right. Long. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you a story. So you mentioned Reverend Doctor McMichael, and and he actually wrote a book about the fact that he had yes. prostate cancer. I should say nowadays, uh, not everybody actually has to have surgery. There, there's the different treatment options, radiation surgery. A lot of men, depends on the, the type of the cancer, the grade of the cancer, a lot of men uh, undergo what we call observation or surveillance, watchful waiting, um, to where they don't have to have any treatment at all. It, it depends on the grade, their age. So a lot of varieties. Again, every man needs a urologist in addition to a primary care provider. But an interesting um, story. Um, and again, Reverend McMichael, Dr. McMichael, he allows us to, to tell us because he actually wrote a, wrote a book about this. Uh, I was actually at Antioch Baptist Church. This is probably 20 years ago at one of his, his uh, men, men's, men's talks, one of the men's groups. And he was talking about his prostate cancer. You know, he stands about six foot 10. And there was a, one of the parishioners in the audience. He goes, well, you know, you know, Reverend McMichael, I, I, I don't want to you know, know whether or not I have prostate cancer because I don't want to lose my nature. Right. And Reverend McMichael, he's you know, Doctor McMichael, he's looking up ten, you know, from ten feet tall, yep. and he looks down and he goes, he goes, last I checked, nobody's having sex at the cemetery. That's what he told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I remember that from twenty years ago, and and you know, 
but, but it's true. Um, and again, there, you know, if somebody would have a complication, a problem afterwards, they can come to us, we can address those issues. But the fact that the matter is that men don't have to die. Black men don't have to die at these higher rates that we're seeing. Uh, early detection can save lives. So sure. um, please, please come to the health fair Thursday. It's this Thursday, April the 28th. Um, free. It's, it's all free. And, and we, we care about you. We want you to know that people care about you, your families. People want you to, to, to live a, a quality life, um, as a, an extended life. You want to be around to see your family, to help your family. Are there April booster the shots? Do they have boosters? So, yeah, we, we're going to be given that we were giving the COVID-19 vaccinations uh, free of charge. The, the booster is the Pfizer. We have the Pfizer. Okay. Um, and, you know, people actually can mix and match. Um, and again, research has shown that that's, uh, you know, suitable. It, it's a reliable way to go. Um, but again, I, I just can't stress enough. Um, and, you know, it takes more than just me, a physician, to advocate for the health fair. It, again, it's all about uh, connecting with the community, the trust building. I appreciate the two of you gentlemen, um, the, you know, helping, you know, sound the alarm about the, 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 the importance of the health fair that men need to come in. Again, come in whether or not you have a doctor. There's going to be a lot of information flowing, a lot of examinations maybe that you haven't had. I mean, for example, have you had your skin checked? You know, That's black right. people can die from skin cancer, melanoma. That's have right. you had your oral exam? Right. Have you had your vision screening? Have, has, have you had your heart listened to recently to see if you have a heart murmur? I, I remember several years ago, uh, we did the health fair. There was an employee, a healthcare provider, hadn't seen the doctor in a while. The, the cardiologist at the health fair listened to his heart, hurt, and they found a heart murmur. Two weeks later, he was getting an aortic valve replaced. Wow. So, uh, again, um, it's for you. We're doing this for you because we care. The thousand, you know, the hundreds of volunteers uh, at Metro Healthcare for you. We have again outside organizations, uh, so many different outside organizations that are coming together to provide the social services. So I don't know if there's anything, any other, um, you know, should we go out playing a little hubs? Man, I want to hear some hubs, more grooves, man. Hubs grooves. <laughs> you know, I'd like to thank the audience for for being with us, and I, you know, I look forward to seeing everybody at the health fair uh, this Thursday, April the twenty eighth. We're going to start at five p.m., go until eight thirty p.m., nine p.m., whatever it takes. Um, but yeah, why don't we? Uh, can can we um, play it out? Listen to a little groove. There we go. Don't y'all start crying.
I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just uh, outstanding. So tell, tell, tell the audience where you're going to be performing um, anytime soon. Okay. Well, every Saturday, well, not every Saturday, most Saturdays of this summer will be at Bobby D's Gateway in Bedford Heights from 6 to 8. Uh, we call it our dress rehearsal. I've been there for 15 years. This wow. has been my longest happy hour uh, gig. So I've been there for about 15 years, but we have two, three major concerts coming up. Mother's Day brunch at the Grand Ballroom on May 7th. As uh, a brunch, we got speakers. Hubs Groove would be there. Also, the NBA All-Star Gospel Choir would be there performing okay. also. Then the next, very next day at Silks in, um, that's Maple Heights. We're doing a tribute for the mothers. Uh, Teddy, a tribute to Teddy Pentegrass and Barry White. Uh, and they have two shows, one at two, one at five. And then uh, end out that month, May 29th, we're doing an all-white jazz explosion show. Um, tribute to Art Porter, George Howard, and the great Grover Washington Jr., that's May 29th. You all can check all that out at hubsgroove.com. H-U-B-B-S-G-R-O-O-V-E.com. So thank you for being here. Um, you know, Hubs Groove, outstanding music. Uh, thanks for being with us, Jerome. Uh, thanks to the listening audience. And we're going to see all you guys uh, this Thursday at That's the Mike right. Men's Health Fair. Yes, sir. Thursday. Everybody have a good night. Good night. Thank you. All right, thank you. Good night, everybody. Or good night. Good night.